church, that we are called to be pilgrim people. But do we know what is to be a pilgrim? I consider myself a full-time pilgrim, and kind of because I was exposed to that kind of lifestyle since I was born. I was born in Mexico, lived there only for three weeks. My family calls me a souvenir from Mexico. Then I lived in Colombia for 20 years, where my family is from, and the last 24 years here in the United States. I did my bachelor's in Virginia, my master's in Florida. I work in a parish in Tennessee. Then I work in the Diocese of Raleigh, North Carolina. Then in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. And now I'm in Indiana working for the University of Notre Dame. I have served more than 10 in 10 countries, as diverse from Brazil to India, from Ireland to Honduras, and more than 39 states here in the United States. Now. Why I love this kind of lifestyle? Because by doing so, every time I travel, I get to taste a new flavor, I get to see a new color, I get to experience new nature that I have never seen before. In a sense, I feel like I'm falling more in love with God and His creation. And by doing so, I'm getting stronger in my faith. Now, what is this deep journey that I have to follow this kind of lifestyle of a pilgrim? Well, it's very connected to our, our baptismal call. Our call to go and proclaim the good news to all the nations, the wonderful deeds to all his people. As Catholics, we are called to be open to have that encounter with Christ, like the disciples did in the walk to Emmaus with the disciples. Now, what is pilgrimage? A pilgrimage is when we open a space, when from the bottom of our hearts, we allowed our body, our soul, and our uh, spirituality to be open to have that journey, that walk with, jo with Jesus, and be able to hear his message for us. The most significant pilgrimage that I have ever experienced are connected to World Youth Day. For those of you that are not familiar with World Youth Day, that was an event that was founded by St. John Paul II in 1985 as the encounter of the Pope with the young people of the world. And this happens usually every three years. Every time I'm organizing a new delegation to go there, I tell them, I don't know what is going to happen, but I assure you this is going to happen. You're going to pray more than you have ever prayed before. You're going to be hungry and thirsty. Your body is going to be aching at some point. You're going to experience inclement weather. And most likely, you're going to come back with a cold. <laughs> that sounds horrible, right? Well, but the value of the pilgrimage is that I assure you, at some moment, you're going to embrace a situation that from the bottom of your heart, you're going to say, God, I have been giving you my all. I cannot do this anymore. Please, God, speak to me. Your daughter is listening. And it's at that particular moment that you have reached your destination because you no longer are as uh, afraid of being able to hear the voice of God talking to your heart. You're completely open to be able to be attentive to him. Now, as a pilgrim, I have learned that we ask too many questions when we are in the journey. And those questions can either divert us or center us to our final destination. The number one question I hear all the time is, why God is this happening to me? 
I always invite us to consider what if we switch the question into for what reason, God, do you want me to experience this? If you notice, then the way that we're embracing the situation shifts completely because we are no longer talking about a distant God, but a God that is walking shoulder to shoulder with us into that situation. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, Catherine, I'm not interested to embark into a pilgrimage. Oh, I have done that and I don't want to do it again. The reason why I want to follow this lifestyle is because I see it all over our Christian teachings. When Jesus said, if you want to follow me, pick up the cross and follow me. He didn't say, pick up the cross and sit next to me. Movement is expected. Well, now, this pilgrimage that I'm talking about is like the doors that we use to enter or exit a, 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 a building. When you are called to push, it's because God is asking you to go out, out of your comfort zone and to an, the unknown and proclaim the good news to other people. But when you are called to pull, it's because God is inviting you to open the door and welcome the pilgrim that he's sending into your life so then you can receive the message that they have for you. Now, when you embrace this lifestyle, these are five lessons I want you to be very aware of. First, fear. Fear is always present in the life of a pilgrim. I embrace fear every time God is asking me to start into a journey that I don't feel capable of doing. I will never forget, I was one summer when I was working in a university, when I was offered the position, the assistant position of the deaf students program. When they hired me, they knew I didn't know sign language. But in a very naive way, I also thought that hospitality could be translated without any problem. Until reality hit, and I have to pick up the first group of students at the airport. I wanted to communicate with them, but I didn't know how. The worst part was the, in our ride from the airport to the campus, where I found myself with my eyes on the road because I was driving, with a car full of people, but complete silence, no one was communicating, and the only contact I could have with them was when I have a red light so I could turn around and I smile at them. <laughs> well, I know I could have quit that job and find something else, but if I did so, then I would have missed the opportunity of what God wanted me to teach me during that experience. So I stayed and I found myself at the closing mass ceremony of that program. That has been the most transformative mass I have ever attended in my life. Why? Because it was a parish full of people, but I was the only one that could hear. Mass was celebrating sign language. It was breathtaking. What I learned with that experience is when you allow yourself to go into that journey that God is asking you, inviting you to have that encounter with him, when you do so, you're going to have a moment. In that case for me was the hour, that for one hour I was able to experience this world through the eyes of the students that I have. Now these are my friends, and that's the reality that I experience every single day. A pilgrim knows that the only way that you can move your heart from fear into peace is by understanding that you are shoulder with shoulder with God, and he's the one that is going to take you through it. Two, knowledge. 
Something that I love to do whenever I travel to another country is to find a library and look for a world map. And the reason is because you're going to find that the center of the world map is going to be the continent that you are in. When you look at it, it looks really weird. But actually, if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Sister Hugh Feng Chan is a very good friend of mine from Taiwan. Something that I really like from her is that in one of the most deep conversations I had, she said to me, Catherine, I am a Catholic sister because I have known and have experienced the love that God has for all of us. All of us. Otherwise, how do you think I could be a Catholic sister when I know that my grandparents, my parents, my siblings, all my childhood friends, none of them will be able to experience the fullness of God's love because none of them are Christian. Until that moment, I realized that I have the misconception that whenever I have the good news of sharing the, the word of God with another person, they will have some sort of understanding, either theological or just by definition of what Christianity is. And she showed me that that's not correct. A pilgrim knows that we need to embrace these opportunities of learning because by doing so, our lifestyle is going to start to open up more of the understanding of what God is. Through these experiences, God is going to start to reveal himself more and more to us. So our knowledge is going to grow significantly. Three, a difference between a want and a need. I learned that experience when I went to New Delhi, uh, India. I was working there uh, with the children from the slums. I was teaching them. And um, it was May. It was 114 Fahrenheit every single day. No air condition. From very early hours in the mornings, I have a bandana full of ice attached to my neck just to try to keep the cool. I started teaching my first day, and I noticed that the organizers would start to stop me every hour and ask me, please drink this bottle of water and take this small snack. I personally thought that the students were getting that kind of same treatment. But then I realized at noon that I saw a cup of water and a plate with some sort of seeds coming into the classroom, and then the students passing it from one to the other. So I asked the students, what is that? And this student with a smile from face to face, he said, teacher, this is our lunch. Then I realized that I was being offered a bottle of water and a snack every hour when those children only ate that during the entire day. They were sipping a little sip of water, passing it to the next one, taking a few seats of whatever that was, and passing it to the next one. That was it. You can imagine how guilty I was feeling. So the next day, I went back and I started to teach again. And then very early in the morning, a student raised his hand and said, teacher, it's time for you to drink your water. And I said, I'm sorry. I just actually broke down. I told him, I'm sorry. I cannot do that anymore especially now that I know you don't drink water until noon. And without any hesitation, he looked at me and he said, but teacher, if you don't drink your water, then who is going to teach us? My time with these children from the slums taught me what poverty is. And this comes from someone that has lived in a third world country. Yet the biggest lesson that I learned from this young man is that he showed me the difference between a want and a need. He knew that if I didn't drink that bottle of water, most likely I'm going to, I was going to pass out in a matter of an hour or two and then com become completely useless to them. 
a pilgrim knows how to cut out all those extra ones that this world keeps offering us to our lives. But by doing so, we are able to advocate in the needs, emotional, physical, and spiritual needs that we have in our lives. Four, time. Time is not a possession. I will never forget the last conversation I had with my mom. I was a senior in college here in the States, and she was in Colombia struggling with cancer. One day, I received a phone call that says, Mom is not doing well. I wanted to leave everything behind and just go and be right next to her. But on that same phone call, she said, I want you to stay, I want you to graduate, and then take the first flight back home so you can see me. That's what I did. By the time I made it back, I saw her, and clearly cancer has developed all over her body. But then she looked at me and she said, I am so happy you are here. I have so many things I wanted to tell you. Then she paused, and then she said, I forgot. That's when I hold my mom's hand and I said, Mom, I know how much you love me. And I know how much I love you. You know how much I love you. Because we have said that to each other with words and actions every single day of our lives. And my mom said, that's right. Those were the last words that my mom said in this earth. A pilgrim is in constant movement. We don't know when we're going to see another person again. And for that reason, it's very interesting how our deepest root is Christ. And around that root, we built all the relationships that we have. And you know how we are able to achieve that kind of relationships? Because a pilgrim don't waste their time. We don't waste our time to let the other know how much we love them and why they're so important in our lives. And five. You can recognize a pilgrim because they experience this life with joy. I was a freshman in my college year, and my friend Carolina came to me and said, do you want to celebrate Christmas a little bit different this year? Her invitation implied that we will go into uh, downtown Bogota, Colombia, and look on Christmas Eve for the children that live under the bridges and try to provide them with some joy. I assure you, until that moment in my life, I never received an invitation like that. And somehow, I have the courage to say yes. The first thing that we needed to do was to collect some funds, so to be able to provide something to, to the children. So I went to my parents and I said, would you be willing to give me whatever you were planning to use for my Christmas present in cash so I can share it with these kids? My parents reacted surprised, a little bit happy that that was a noble cause. But let's be real, they were not taking me seriously. Why? Because they know how much I enjoy opening presents on Christmas Day. <laughs> but the beauty is that on Christmas Eve, my friend Carolina and our couple of friends and I, we created a caravan of cars full of soup and bread and a, a few blankets. And we started to seek for all those kids that were under the breaches. By the time I came back to my house uh, late at night, I came to, uh, to the house and I found my parents in the living room and I looked at the Christmas tree and there was one present with my name on it. They couldn't hold themselves. <laughs> they had one present for me. But they also saw my face and they saw so much joy in it that they knew no matter what kind of present was under the Christmas tree, they will never be able to achieve the joy that I was experiencing at that moment. While being a pilgrim has come to my life into the way of traveling from country to country and city to city, 
pilgrimage is actually a disposition of how we embrace every situation that comes our lives from the and we go from the familiar into the unknown. Now, we know that a pilgrim knows that to be able to find that joy that this world so desperately needs all in the global places, you know, we look for it in all the grown places, that joy only comes when we accept that invitation of a pilgrimage that God has with every single time that he opens a door for us. And we accept taking it. Because guess what? Those situations not only come in the exotic, they also come in the familiar and in the mundane. Now, friends, we are a pilgrim church. We are called to be pilgrim people. So I have these three questions for you. Are you ready to push and become and address the lifestyle of a pilgrim with your own life? Are you ready to pull and welcome the pilgrim that God is sending into your life right now? And most importantly, do you have what it takes to experience the joy of a pilgrim? Thank you so much.